Hello everyone, I am Gui Valente and this is the Valente Brothers Podcast. I am here with Pedro Valente. Welcome everyone, very happy to be here. And Joaquim Valente. Hello everyone. So we're back for another episode. We're going to talk about the role of parents in the practice of jiu-jitsu, the early days of our journeys. I think we can talk a lot about it, even from a personal perspective. Uh, we all started training as young kids, and the role of our parents, grandparents, was instrumental for us to continue and to reach our objectives. In the beginning, we didn't even know which were our objectives, and of course, our parents wanted us to learn self-defense, wanted us to be involved in a very positive environment, and that's how we developed our program. So, Pedro, what can we tell parents? What can we share? Initially, I believe the practice of jiu-jitsu to be a family experience. Some parents train with their children. Others don't, but still participate, come as much as possible, observe, and interact with the children in a jiu-jitsu way. This is especially important when parents understand the real value of jiu-jitsu, the real value of the practice. Because many treat jiu-jitsu as a hobby or as a recreational activity, which it is. But to us, it is much more. And I think we got this from our father who always saw jiu-jitsu as a human necessity. My, our father, for those of you who don't know, became a very, very prominent doctor, surgeon in Brazil. And he always attributed a large part of his success as a doctor to his experience in jiu-jitsu and how it shaped his character, how it gave him so much confidence, how it gave him courage to be able to face the obstacles that he had, to be able to, to achieve the success that he achieved. So he understood the powerful impact that it had in his life and his ability to be a successful doctor. And he wanted to make sure that we grew up with that confidence, that we grew up with that courage, that we grew up with that indomitable spirit, that character that we know that the right practice of jiu-jitsu can give to a person, especially to a child. So he always saw jiu-jitsu as part of our education and not equivalent to a sport like basketball or soccer, which are great. But those he did not consider to be human necessities as jiu-jitsu was for him. Yeah, so when you said that it is recreational as well, it's because anything can be recreational. Because you, you should have fun doing it. Correct. But right? it is educational. Yes. And it is a necessity. All of those things. So the question is this, Joaquin. If a parent um, has a hard time with his or her child in sending them to school because the child does not want to go to school, what do they normally do? They explain to them that they have to go to school because that's not an option not to go to school. 
Correct. And for us, it was not an option not to go to jujitsu, not because of jujitsu, because of, as you said, the self-defense component, the physical education component that you only, those skills that you only get from jujitsu. We like to, to say that in school, you develop Intellect. academic, intellectual independence and confidence and confidence through jujitsu. Through the practice of self-defense, you develop physical independence. Because if not, there's an imbalance, right? I agree. And I think one without the other usually will lead into issues. And issues that can be, you know, taken care of in a very smooth way when someone starts training at a young age and continues to train throughout their life. And it's interesting because... Sometimes, as you explain this to a parent who's having a trouble with their child not wanting to train or not wanting to join jujitsu, it's usually because the child feels that that option is available. You know, for us, even though sometimes I felt like I did not want to go to jujitsu, I knew that my parents had my interest in first place. Your best interest. My best interest in that I had to go. So to go to them and tell them, look, I, I don't want to go to jiu-jitsu, I knew it was not going to get me anywhere because just like school, it was an integral part of my education and I had to go. Yeah, that's a key point. I think that the child must understand how important it is for the parents. If the child knows, and you said something, that, and I can relate to that because when I was growing up, it was the same thing. I knew how important jiu-jitsu was for our parents. And I knew that it was not an option. Now, having said that, I also believe that when a child doesn't want to go, we must find ways to motivate the child. Because sometimes parents say, I don't want to force my child to do something. And that's okay. As long as we can use psychological tools so that the child enjoys the process. But... The bottom line is... Is it always possible to motivate? No, and the bottom line is that they have to go. I agree. But we should try. Oh, we yeah. should try our best to make sure that it is a positive experience. Just like school. There are situations where children don't want to go to school anymore. And so it is important that... Because we want the child to come to jiu-jitsu motivated. We want the child to be happy at jiu-jitsu. I agree, but, but I think there is a point to be looked upon, which is... Most of the times when it's hard to motivate a child to come, it's because the child knows that jiu-jitsu is not as important as we just described. It's not a priority. For the parent. Mm -hmm. And that's when usually the child feels that they can, you know, figure out a way to not want to come. Correct. Because when the child understands, and that's why I think what Pedro said so well, you know, jiu-jitsu being a family activity, right? Because once the family is involved and the father's training, the mother's training, everyone sees the importance as a family, usually it's much harder for those kind of situations to happen. Correct. I agree. I also believe that there needs to be a moment in this process to discuss motivation. But what is motivation? Motivation, like you 
like to describe is based on motive, right? So Joaquin just gave a very good motive, a good, very good reason, which is a, a family unity factor, um, almost a sense of dependability. But in the end, the motivation has to come from within. Of course, this is hard for a small child. We have our Little Champs program. They can start, children can start at three years old. So we need, as instructors, we need to do a good job. But what is a common um, complaint that we get oftentimes from parents? Oh, my, my son, my daughter um, finds the class repetitive, right? That's because we're trained, we're built, designed to always need exterior motivation. And this morning I was talking um, about it with our class, our Fighting Foundations class, and this came to my mind as we were practicing the exercises that we do repetitively, right? Almost every single class. Elio Gracie came to my mind. Because one could say, wow, this is boring. Every class we have to drop in base. Every class we have to break the fall. And of course, we're trying to build reflex. We're trying to build technique. But how do we find motivation to do, to practice a technique every single time? And why did I think of Grandmaster Elio? I thought of Elio Gracie talking about how he enjoyed and how he perfected his ability to cut a watermelon every single day he had to cut watermelon. And it was virtually every single day that he cut a watermelon. He wasn't annoyed by the fact that he had to cut a watermelon every single day. He wasn't bored. By the way, this is a word that we even find negative, Correct. right? Boring, something that bores you. Um, he told us, I'm going to be the best cutter, watermelon cutter right every single time i'm thinking about how i can use that blade how i can make a better a finer cut how i can be, be more, more efficient be more precise and that was with everything he did driving i'm bored to drive to work every day you do the same exact it's the same exact route you know so i was talking after your fighting foundations i taught a private to a student who was in your class and she brought that up and i i asked her i said what do you think is the Number one reason for our success here at Valente Brothers. Why is this such a successful school? She said, I don't know. I said, consistency. We do. Because every day of our lives, we're here teaching the same way, the fighting foundations, the same program. How many people can do that? Most people get bored. Most people say, oh, I wouldn't be able to do this. I need to change. I need it. The reason why we're so successful is because by doing it over and over and over again, we become masters, we become experts, and we do it very well. Now, why are we not bored? Because we're motivated by trying to always get better, by perfecting it more and more. It's the perfect example that you gave yeah. about the watermelon. So by children repeating the same skills over and over, they're learning the importance of consistency, of sticking to things to be able to improve and to get better. And it's just a matter of the way you look at it, right? Because when you say that the success of Valente Brothers is on us doing the same thing every day, 
Grandmaster Eddie didn't see him cutting that watermelon the same way every day because every day he was trying to get better. Get better yes. So he was able to see something that someone will find boring and will find that it's repetitive as something that's highly motivational to him and that he's going to be interested by every day being able to improve and, and, and to get yeah, better. And the key to jujitsu, as we know, is in the fine details, right? That's one of the keys to Uh, jiu-jitsu to understanding jiu-jitsu and what one from the outside might see might perceive as a very similar movement for us or even for someone who understands jiu-jitsu deeply might see a very very important difference yeah. in a small small even if it's microscopic or even like some of our friends like to say invisible difference and that's the key so of course as i said before it is difficult to explain that to a child but you should start explaining that to a child 100 even when they're young and if you need help talk to us communication is very important talk to the teachers to the teachers the moment the the, the student the the child starts feeling less motivated or saying that he or she doesn't want to go to the class anymore Communicate immediately to the teacher because as teachers, we have ways to motivate, to keep the children excited. So, Pedro, let's talk about one of maybe the model. It's in our wall. Bumbu Ryodo. What is that? It's Japanese. Those of you that have been here at Valente Brothers, you see that just beneath the pictures of our mentors. Um, why is that there in our wall? It's exactly what you described earlier. I actually made a note here to bring that up because you talked about the importance of having both physical independence and intellectual independence. And, and that's what Bunburiodo means. Bunburiodo is a samurai quote and something that was very important in the Japanese culture, still is, you still find it in the schools, which means the way is in the combination of both the literary arts, bun, and the martial arts, bu. Bu, which you also find in bushido and bushi. Yeah. Sometimes this is, or something similar is used in uh, collegiate athletics and high school athletics, but it's different. It is different. I think it's very important. I, we all grew up practicing uh, group sports like soccer, like basketball. Those are very important, but like you said, They're not necessities. Learning self-defense, learning bu, the martial way, is we find a necessity. We find that it has not only physical gains, but especially psychological benefits. Yeah, because you can also bring up mensano and corpore sano, which is the, the model of the original Olympic Games, the, the Greek Olympic Games, And um, they talked about the importance of body and mind. But the Japanese Bunburiodo goes beyond that because it's not just a physical activity, it's martial arts. And we can talk about the necessity of being able to defend yourself physically. Why is that a necessity? I think we should talk about that. Yeah, psychologically, if we look at um, even Abraham Maslow, right? We've discussed it a few times already. I think it's... a interesting model to look at the the pyramid hierarchy of human needs correct and 
just below or as far as level of importance. You have your physiological needs and then you have your self-preservation needs. And part of self-preservation is your ability to defend yourself because as human beings, we want to protect ourselves and one of the fears we have is of harm that can be done by others. Undoubtedly, we all think this way. It's Even the, if it's not consciously, it is subconsciously. And it starts as early as we, I don't even know, I think from a very young age, right? We have studied that. We have some students who are psychologists. This is a great area of um, interest for us, for our father. And it's unbelievable how this ability to defend ourselves has an impact on children, on small, young children. I was going to say that it's together, right, on the same level of having a shelter. So imagine not having where to live. Imagine not having a roof, right, and so many people live like that, and we know the consequences of that. That's the same level of not being able to defend yourself. But we live at a time in society, right, and we saw the transition when we study history in which the value of that in some places, because, you know, different situations around the world will cause for people to value that more. But people feel sometimes that they don't need that anymore. But the implications of that in the upbringing of a child is huge. It can when be very they damaging. Damaging when they don't have it. And that was going to be my question to both of you. Do you think that the time that we live in and the, the, the current state of the world and te, you know, the use of technology and phones and all this, do you feel that there is more of a hard time sometimes for youth to be able to deal with the obstacles of joining jiu-jitsu and to be able to deal with the discomfort sometimes of being in a, in a class where things are repetitive and where they're constantly addicted to their phones and looking at these things? Well, jiu-jitsu to me, is one of the best ways for socialization. And what you're referring to is exactly the opposite. There is a huge problem in our society today, which is a, a, a lack of socialization because of technology. So I think that's one more reason why... Exactly. The value of this goes up. Yeah. I agree. Now, just to go back to what Joaquin was saying as far as maybe a uh, false sense of security that some of our societies, good societies, of course, security, police. It's great. That's great. But we understand that you still need to feel, and the objective is not to fight. We want to avoid fights as much as possible. Uh, hopefully, we will go through life without ever having to physically fight someone off and attack a real situation. But just the notion that you're prepared for that The benefits are immense. And I'm trying to remember, but I'm going to use the word in Portuguese. So what we're doing now in many ways is nós estamos terceirizando our We're subcontracting. Subcontracting, is that the word? <laughs> yeah. I think so. Right? Our fighting skills to others. And that's okay, but that's not enough. And, you know, I don't want to sound like the prophet of the apocalypse, But we know that even we live in a very safe place, it's very fragile, 
right? That structure that is in place, that's amazing. And I much rather live with the structure, but it's very fragile. The other day, because I think of a storm or there was something, there was no fuel, yeah, right? In and in Miami, it's common because of hurricanes, but this situation was not related to a hurricane. And in a matter of hours, right? Maybe 12 hours that there was no fuel, the lines in the gas stations began to become huge and people started getting into fights, right? And, and, this is, and this is something that we're not even talking about the lack of not having food in the supermarkets. We're not talking about people looting and you know, going into people's homes to rob. So these things have to be taken into consideration. And I think that as a parent, your biggest responsibility is to be able to give the tools to your child to be able to be independent, to be able to achieve everything they want in their life. And the art of self-defense is a crucial part of him being able to be independent, to and be her. able to achieve, and her. Exactly. Most importantly, many times. <laughs> Let me say something, because yes, the structure is fragile. But even within the structure that we have today, I have a student who's in his 60s, and he was in a very high-end bar having a drink, few weeks ago and some drunk guy turns to him and says make sure you give her a good effing tip he's like excuse me and he tries to ignore the guy he's like hey i'm talking to you i'm effing talking to you and started walking towards him he stood up he's been training for about six months put his hands up and said sir please stay away don't get too close and then people came broke it up and he told me he said the way i felt was priceless. The way I felt when that person came towards me, the fact that you've been teaching me exactly what to do and I put my hands up and I was confident and I knew what to do if that person tried to attack me was priceless. And how many stories just like that we have heard from our youth students. Because oh, yeah. the same situation happens every day. Even more. In schools. And some parents say, no, but in my um, child's school there are absolutely no fights that doesn't that's not true it's true that sometimes schools have no fights it's true that some schools yes. have a very There's small number of bullying. fights but not even that Pedro. It's psychological even, it's correct psychological bullying psychological is bullying now even um technological bullying yeah. And, and so sometimes those things are even more dangerous. More sure. dangerous. And, and that's why I think that, you know, when we say that through jiu-jitsu you achieve physical confidence, but it's important to talk about, and maybe Pedro can elaborate on that. Cyber, cyberbullying is the Cyberbullying, yeah. How that physical confidence has an impact emotionally, psychologically, right, in so many different areas. Yeah, that's, so, that's the key. That's the key. And let me tell you something. So what's the... What's the what are the two main ingredients for success? To me, competence and confidence. You need competence. You need to be good at something to be successful. That's competence, skill, knowledge. But you also need confidence. Competence without confidence will take you nowhere. Confidence is important because it gives you an attitude of success which people will respect. It allows you to speak your mind. It allows you to, to stand up for what you believe in. 
And confidence also gives you emotional balance, emotional stability. It increases your emotional IQ, your ability to deal with stress, your ability to not be affected by negative things that can happen to you. So competence is important, but competence without confidence will take you nowhere. And jiu-jitsu is probably the best tool to create confidence in human beings. Now, let's be a little bit more specific because we're talking about jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu has many different expressions, right? What do we recommend parents to do? Because we also have heard the term burnout, right? In many sports, from soccer to volleyball um, to many different activities. What do we think is the best way to go about what did we do as children did we train jiu-jitsu every single day pedro as kids we didn't no we had many other activities that we participated in right trekking we were part of the band of our schools we participated in some competitive sports um, basketball soccer um, we were involved with, with with arts also of course music and other types of of arts So today we see in our art, jiu-jitsu, a lot of sportive tournament focus. Sometimes parents, this is very rare, but parents that maybe had some exposure to, to BJJ, to, to sport jiu-jitsu, asking us if their children can train every single day, maybe a couple times a day in the weekends because they would like them to compete. We've had those requests before, even though that's rare because... Alente brother now has a very clear image, culture. reputation, culture as a self-defense philosophy school. So why is that not good in our view? Because of the burnout factor and because we believe it's not age appropriate. An athlete, older, who decides to become an athlete and dedicate himself fully to a sport, that's okay. But we believe it's not age-appropriate to a six-year-old, seven-year-old, eight-year-old child to take a, an activity like that so seriously in a way that the outcome is more important than the journey. You have to win. You have to win yeah, the that's medal. That's the problem. You have to, you, it's all about the result. And many times I've seen that happen with kids where the parents put too much pressure, many times trying to live their own dream through the child, and the child ends up burning out and later gives up on the activity completely. They, enjoy, they don't like it anymore because it was too much pressure and that pressure was not age appropriate. Joaquin. I agree. And I think that the differentiation between jiu-jitsu as an educational pillar in the youth's upbringing from other kind of recreational activities and sometimes even competitive, right? You played basketball at a high level. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Guy was a very good basketball player. I high remember school. in high school, I used to go at night. It was one of the things that I liked to do the most. Go to school, play, watch him play at night. And I We think actually used to play against um, Marines that were stationed in, in Rio. I used to work at the American Embassy in Rio. Consulate. Consulate. And we used to play against them and some of yeah. the teachers too. It was very nice. So... It was interesting because in having this conversation with a parent the other day, I think there's value in the competitive, 
you know, arena Absolutely. of sports yeah. for, for a child, especially when it's not the parent trying to get over his insecurities or yes. using that as a, a way to force the kid to do that. Which is hard, by the way. Which is very hard, yeah. yes. And again, we don't, we're not saying that you know, jiu-jitsu, the, the sportive aspect is, is something that should not be done if that's what they want to do. We're just saying that it has such an important value, educational value, that you could jeopardize. Yeah, because I think it's hard to have both. Yeah, and the thing is this. Okay, when it comes, we're talking about human necessity. Why is jiu-jitsu human necessity? We talked about the confidence that it develops. But how, what's the mechanism of that confidence development? It's the fact that you're learning how to defend critical situations that could happen to you. And these things are always with you. Everybody knows what a punch to the face is. And everybody has that fear, whether you want it or not. Well, sport jiu-jitsu doesn't even address that. That's what so, I'm saying. So that's that's, that's the, the point problems. that I'm making right now is that what's going to give you the confidence is the fact that you're learning how to defend against those critical situations, like a punch to the face. So if the activity that you're involved in is not teaching you how to defend against a punch, how to defend against a kick... Then it's just like basketball. If it doesn't address those scenarios, it does not really do the job in creating this confidence that I'm talking about, and, and it becomes another competitive sport. And I think there's another issue that you, you didn't mention, which is most kids that play basketball, they'll start playing basketball at what age? Very young. Very young. Of maybe. course, most, of course, there are examples. Maybe six years old, five yeah. years old, yeah. exactly. And then they usually play for maybe four years, three years. Depends, depends. If they get very good. Correct. Exactly, you understand? But what's the percentage of, of kids that really play until college or even play until senior year in high school? Very small. Because it becomes very hard. I yeah. remember, you know, tryouts, <laughs> only very few kids. I, I tried, I didn't make it into the, actually made it into the team in, in I think as a junior, but I wasn't a very good basketball player. Just but, rebounding, exactly. elbowing people around. <laughs> but the point is that it's a very small percentage. So when you train jujitsu with that mindset and, and, and the intention is for competition, the moment that you're not the top kid in your class, you end up stopping yeah, and, to, and, to train. Yeah. So not only you're not achieving that confidence that we spoke about, about dealing with strikes and about dealing with realistic scenarios that you could face in yeah, the street. And don't, and don't tell me, oh, but a jiu-jitsu champion who is 10 years old will beat up anybody, a football player, no, but I a little linebacker but, but 10 do you years agree, old who's tough. But do you agree that yeah. his, his confidence skills are increased? Of course. We cannot the ones who are winning. deny this. Exactly. The Until few ones that stay have an increase in their mm -hmm, confidence. Sure. But I also think that playing football will also increase their confidence. Sure. Playing, uh, winning winning increases sport? confidence. Losing does lacrosse, especially at a young lacrosse. age. Playing sure. lacrosse will also sure. incre yeah. increase your confidence, especially to have a bat in your. But car. but I think the point that the point that Guy was making is that what's the most optimal path for your child to be able to develop the bumburiodo, right? Having excellence in the academics uh, side of things and also in the martial in the physical confidence development of the child. Yeah. yeah because and, we all want our children to develop great confidence. And, and let me just compliment the Bunburiodo with this. You have a lot of people with great intellectual confidence in academia, in the universities. You have brilliant minds. But many times, most of those brilliant minds don't have the physical confidence. If they're walking in the supermarket and somebody attacks them, they're going to freeze. 
In the street, you have a lot of people with great physical confidence. But many of them don't have the academic training, the intellectual confidence. And they'll freeze in an academic challenge situation. Correct. It's very rare that you have... Intellectual, not academic, intellectual. Correct. Challenge. And they will feel insecure. Yeah. I want my child to have both because that's such an advantage in life. Few people have both. When you have both, there's, there are no limits. I agree. Now, Guy, you went to a podcast not too long ago and you spoke about something that a lot Moshe, of students... Moshe Popak. Moshe Popak. I think M. Popak. You can also find it online. Very nice. And Thank you, you spoke about... Our student, our student, Moshe. Yes. Does a great job. And you spoke about the importance of kids at a young age being able to rough play and rough yeah, housing, housing right? no, and, and, the, and the, the positive impact that that can have in the upbringing of the child. I think it would be nice if you could talk a little bit about that. Now, that's something that, well, I'm not going to say it as well as I said it in the podcast. <laughs> But yes, this instinctual necessity that we're all born with, you see it in the animal world, in the animal kingdom, puppies, all sorts of mammals playing with each other, right? And human beings physically many times, with physically grappling with each other. And we lost that. We lost that because many times in schools, right, kids are not supposed to even touch each other. Of course, we don't want them to be fighting, but we, we lost that in many ways. And jujitsu creates the perfect place for children to experience that, to grapple each other, to be in contact with each other in a way that they're actually learning how to do it safely, intelligently, and for self-defense. And how this, there are many studies right now showing how that greatly enhances yes, the development about that. of the human brain. Because now you see a lot of psychologists, uh, rightfully so, discussing the benefits of it. But for us, we grew up with it. Our father talks about this, talked about this. Um, you know, since I can remember, of course... The brothers Carlos and Eric, grandmasters, also talked about this a lot. So, yeah, that's a good point. Another great benefit. Um, any other points? I had something I wanted to say, but I forgot. We'll leave it for some other opportunity. Yes. Don't forget to, to please comment in these, in these videos with your questions. It's always great. Some of you always comment, and we learn from it. Uh, if we left something out, always let us know. Anything else? I think it's a very important subject and I hope this motivates the parents who still have not signed their children in jiu-jitsu to do so and for those who are already um, involved that they are more motivated to continue. And the parents to join because you can really impact your child's journey in jiu-jitsu in a very positive way and make it much easier for him to be able to continue to train. Never too late. <laughs> I agree. So thank you once again. Don't forget to like our video, um, to subscribe, and to share it with your friends. And also turn on the notification bell. Thank you so much. See you soon.